Hosting for this podcast is made possible through mtgcast.com, which is supported by a generous contribution from quietspeculation.com, Magic's premier trading and financial news site. jump right into it um this is popper to the people i am nate with me is peter hello and chris hi version two <laughs> how you guys been doing how you guys doing today uh, not bad doing good. good well we got a lot to talk about tonight i've happened to find a lot of cool articles we're not going to discuss all of them just briefly go over them um, I have basically, there's good articles to read. Uh, David Schaefer put an article out called uh, Glass Cannon's Benefits. Glass uh, called Glass Cannon's Benefits Thought Experiments. Basically, he just goes into why glass cannons work and basically how to build one that actually works in yeah. the metagame. Glass Cannon's and the Benefits of Thought Experiments. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Pretty good article. Yeah, and he, uh, he goes over why you know, the average goldfish and why it's so important. And I covered this uh, when you guys had me on the first time where how do you beat fissure? Well, you need to have a a goldfish of at least turn four, you know, or you need to be able to disrupt their combo. Mm -hmm. So, So, yeah, it was just a good article. I I I did read the whole thing. I I had a lot of time to spare when I'm donating plasma. So I just kind of take my phone out and read these things. Then uh, we, if for anyone who's interested in EDH, there's some that do. Uh, there's an article by Peyton. He talks about his Rexial Risen Deep EDH deck. Um, it, it's a pretty interesting deck. Um, Rexial Risen Deep is a pretty. Well, I've seen quite a few few decks of him pop up in EDH because he's really good. So it's just kind of some or a little extra article if anyone wants to pick it up. Um, Dan, our good friend Dan. Speaking of Dan, uh, September twenty third, he'll be joining us, joining us uh, to talk about the Popper Gauntlet. Yay! So that should be interesting. Um, he did an article called uh, "The Last Days of Flickergate and Standard Popper." So that was a pretty interesting read. Um, like I said, we got lots to go through, so I'm just kind of briefly going over these. He just talks about how Flickergate was good and. It's really going to change the meta when it goes away. Yeah, it's going to uh, enable uh, fast, faster decks. Yeah. And then uh, you wanted to mention something, Chris. Yeah, so uh, Team DBC is running a battle for charity for Child's Play. It's a charity organization that uh, donates like toys and games for kids who otherwise wouldn't have them. That's their whole purpose. So what DBC is doing is the battle for charity where you can donate... Uh, straight, or you can do what's called a pledge, where you know you pledge, uh, like for example, I'm pledging that every daily event, if I play, if I go three one, I donate a pack, and if I go two or if I go four zero, oh, then I donate two packs to the charity. And at the end of the at the end of this season, this qualifier season, um, they're going to take all the packs, sell them for like real life money, and donate everything that they've made to Child's Play. That's cool. Uh, and specifically, I want to talk about like a huge donor here, which I gotta find him. Um, donation board, bam. Uh, Just Sin has not made a pledge, you know, the same way that I've made a pledge. Instead, he donated one hundred and fifty dollars straight up wow. to the donation. So, big shout out to Just Sin right there. It's a huge donation. Uh, so thank you, Justin. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, it's a nice having have been for the community to come out like that and do stuff for a good cause. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. What else do we got here? Theros spoilers. Read 116 of 249. 
Um, so we're getting close. Uh, I think next week we'll have a full set to do review on. So that's going to yep. be a long one. Be ready. <laughs> Good all set reviews. Yep. Um, <laughs> even though we are doing a set review, there are car- some. Co- there is a common they spoiled that is actually pretty interesting. It's called. Uh, I'll just go over it. We'll go over it here. It's called Omen Speaker. It is a uh, one colorless blue. It's a creature human wizard. Uh, when Omen Speaker enters the battlefield, you scry a two, and uh, it's a one-three creature. So basically, what we're looking at is uh, I want to say a cheaper version of a what is that? Seagate Oracle. Of a Seagate Oracle, and, but you just don't get to draw a card, but you get to scry. So. It's actually pretty interesting. I, I can see this card taking the place of some things depending on the depending on what deck. I mean, it's, it's not a bad card. Yeah, so where I see this guy and where I'm going to test him at is in the uh, Delver lists, uh, Delver, Delver Fairy lists, uh, replacing where Frostburn Weird usually sits. Yeah, um, that's a good call. You know, yeah, it is. Because, <laughs> you know, you, you almost never really want to pump the Frostburn Weird. Yeah, you just want to kind of sit there and be menacing. You want to kind of sit there and, and gum up the ground, and this guy is going to provide you with. It's not card advantage, and that's why he doesn't work like Seagate Oracle does, because Seagate Oracle actually replaces itself. Uh, but the Omen Speaker is lets you see more cards, and that's how Delver wins. Yeah, because you can like eliminate two cards that were <laughs> that would have slowed you down, possibly, yeah. and get something new. Hopefully. Yeah. So where I'm going to test him at is uh, basically in the where in my deck is the Piracy Charm spot. So I'm taking out the three piracy charms. I'm going to put three of these guys in there and see how that works out okay. for me. To say the least, he's probably going to make an appearance in the standard meta here, especially with oh, yeah. everything going to be changing here soon. That's why I think this Theros uh, set review is just going to be play a big part because with the entire metagame changing, it's going to be interesting to see how things are going to pan out and work. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah, then we'll, be go- we'll go more into the Omen speaker because... Our topic one that we're going to go through actually talks about that card more in detail, and a few other cards from the new set that are commons. So it's, it's pretty interesting. That article's going to be that article's pretty good. Um, but other th- the other thing we got for our our players might play a little bit EDH or whatever and use rares. We have another card. We've got a, a, a planeswalker. And I, I'll let Peter go over the red green one if you can find it. But we got a black blue planeswalker. Um, it's a uh, one colorless, one blue, one black. Ashiok, the Nightmare Weaver. Um, her abilities are her plus. She comes into play through loyalty counters, and it's a plus two exile the top three cards of target opponent's library. Her neg- you got negative X loyalty counters. Put a creature card with converted mana cost of X exiled with Ashiok Nightweaver onto the battlefield under your control. And uh, that creature is a nightmare in addition to its other types. And its ultimate is negative ten exile all cards from all of exile all cards from all opponents' hands and graveyards. Which I understand why the loyalty is so high on that because that is a really really powerful ultimate. That almost ends the game. <laughs> um, eh. It's, to be honest, for a 10, that seems kind of underwhelming, I'll be honest. It really does. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. It's like, um, because, you know, if you're taking up this Planeswalker and whatever, and they're not dealing with her, then the minus 10 isn't actually going to do much. Because they're probably emptied their hands already, and emptying somebody else's graveyard yeah. is really, yeah. There's not a really a graveyard strategy like in standard and yeah. there's just better options in legacy and other stuff I can see in casual play though if they played a proliferate strategy this could really really hurt <laughs> I have to say probably the most intimidating thing on her entire thing is the minus x one but yeah stealing somebody's creature <laughs> yeah yeah and the I mean it shouldn't be ignored too that this is a repeatable source of mill it's kind of like a Jace memory adept but it comes down two turns earlier yeah. so if you can protect it for a while, you can start burning them away. Well, provided we have uh, the black three cards at a time. Blue black mill. Yeah. Yep. It's it's a pretty interesting card nonetheless. I'm kind of inter- I kind of find it cool. I mean, yes, everyone knows Elspeth is coming back, but I, I find like the more the new planeswalkers that they make, like that aren't co- like new copies of old planeswalkers, and more interesting. Just because it's kind of cool to see them coming up with new planeswalkers and what they're gonna do. 
Well, that's because whenever they yeah. revisit an older Planeswalker, they still want to keep the flavor of that Planeswalker to that character. So while they make new variations, they want to keep things similar to within what that Planeswalker strives to do. Yeah. But no, I always find the new Planeswalkers pretty cool and interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although they I'll although, say the Ashiok. Although everyone knows they bomb sometimes, like Tibble. <laughs> they were experimenting. <laughs> they were experimenting. Yeah, they were experimenting with the two mana planeswalker yeah. there. They couldn't really do much. That, that doesn't say but now, two mana that could have made or break that entire character. <laughs> and they yeah, because <laughs> Tibble's horrible. <laughs> yeah, let's say Ashi Ashiok doesn't really protect herself well. Uh, well, it's her, right? Yeah, I think so. Looks like her. her. Uh, so she doesn't really protect herself well, but, um, you know, unless you're minus Xing the second you put her down in play to get her defender out, which maybe that's a valid argument right there as you, uh, let's say you kill their Ash Zealot or something and then you, oh wait, no, it has to be, the card has to be exiled with Ashiok to be able to use the minus X ability, yeah. so. So she's exiling into her own exile zone. And, yeah. Yeah, so. Shit. Plus two doesn't really defend her at all. Yeah. <laughs> but it should be interesting to see what people do with her. I mean, yeah. At least three mana. Three mana planeswalkers are historically pretty powerful, yeah. so we'll see. Zenagos looks terrifying, though. Or at least Zenagos the Reveler. He's the red green one. Yeah. Explain him. Okay, so four drop, three loyalty coming in. His uh, let's say first plus one. He's got at X mana of any combination where X. Of combination of uh, red or green to your mana pool where X is the number of creatures you control. So his plus one is basically Gaia's Cradle. Ooh, nice. Which in and of itself is pretty dang good card. Really? <laughs> so yeah, really powerful. Really powerful mana. effect. So going down, spending four mana generally, slap him down, you're playing an aggro deck, you're getting almost your full mana back just by using his plus one the turn he comes in. For yeah. second ability, he protects himself, which also makes him a good planeswalker as a zero. He puts in a 2 2 red green satyr creature token with haste. So again, if you're going on the offensive, he drops under the guy to attack immediately the turn you put him in, or he puts up something to defend himself. And then his mm -hmm. ultimate, which is minus six only, exile the top seven cards of your library. You may put any number of creatures and or land cards from among them onto the battlefield. So he's basically got like a wow. mini Genesis wave for his ultimate. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. I'm this this guy. If you play standard, I would look out for this guy. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty. He's pretty insane. Seems like a pretty solid and well-built guy. Just oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. He this is easily this is easily one of those those thirty-dollar cards when it, on opening that will probably go up in price for a while. Also, he's a satyr, so that makes him cooler in my boat. Yeah, it is. Uh, I was just gonna say he looks like a satyr, <laughs> which I'm glad they grasped yeah. this set because they haven't really done it much in the past. Is having satyrs as a as a creature type? Well, it's because they finally hit, they went to Greek mythology here, so they need yeah. to play up the flavor as much as they can. Yeah, and I think they did it well with this guy. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Yeah. So hey, popper podcast guys. <laughs> oh, we do um, that. My bad. <laughs> oh yeah, we do. <laughs> um. All right. What have you guys been playing? Before report, Chris. Oh, I played. A few daily events. Uh, I've been I've been toying around with uh, Fissure and daily events because I'm really trying to get the hang of it. <clears throat> so I played uh, Blue White Fissure in a daily event with uh, the Sunscape Familiars, and I realized why nobody plays Blue White uh, Fissure because it's such a uh, the mana is really inconsistent, and that's really that killed. I lost round one. I don't remember to who, and one round two, and then round three, I, play, I faced up against goblins and. Because I had to play an Azorius Chancery to get blue colored mana, or before I had access to blue colored mana, I just I lost. <laughs> Ouch! They were just they overwhelmed me. I I won game one and they beat me game two and three because I just I got uh, color screwed basically. So if you're playing Fissure, just stick with the mono blue version. Uh, <laughs> it's the most efficient. <laughs> well, it's mono colored, so it's going to be efficient. I say, well, I mean. The goblins games would have gone way different if I didn't have, you know, if I didn't have to wait till turn three to get blue mana. Yeah, definitely. If, if that Azorius Chancery was an island, the games would have gone way differently because I've sideboarded in four Hedroblasts and you know I had them in my hand, but 
by the time I was able to finally cast him, it was just yeah. too late. That sucks. <laughs> so. Anything else? Uh, not too much. Okay. Oh, uh, Peter, what have you been playing? Oh, uh, besides the EDH with you guys, I've been going ahead and just taking in the last bit of I'm going to enjoy of our decks for a while, like the old Gruel build, because that's always um. my, that's my favorite deck to fall back on on standard popper. <laughs> yeah. Because that thing still tears tears it up, even against like Flickergate and Mono Blue Flyers, surprisingly. Yeah. And then just giving the uh, old blue white extort control deck a last run before I have to say goodbye to it. Yeah. yeah so that... saying farewell to our current meta on standard and get yeah. ready for the new one. I have to say, out of all the standard events we did, I have to say the uh, all the standard popper brew once we did. I really do like, like, I like the girl build. I never had a chance to play it because that's when my computer was down most of the time. Um, but I really got into starting that extort build. That extort build was really, really fun. The problem with it was you, it just it got to a point where you, like for me, it got to a point where you ended up punishing yourself almost because you just pretty much sat and waited and stopped everything they did and you're trying to win and it takes time to win with that deck and your opponent is just thinking you're just being a jerk and drawing oh, it out. No. <laughs> that deck was not designed to be quick by any means. <laughs> yeah. So you put your opponent sitting on the other side like, okay, this 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 jerk is stopping everything I, I do and I can't do anything and he's just sitting on the fence. What a dick, you know? It's and like it's the, like... You know that one guy who plays in step God, I forgot what deck it was. It doesn't show up very often. It was like black, red, something. It had four creatures, and the rest was like landing removal. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous deck ever. You're like, play something, it's dead. Okay. How about this one? It sounds like, it sounds like the blue black mill deck. Pretty much. Like I yeah. wanted four, four curse of the bloody tomes, and all removal and land. Get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's uh. That's all. I've been playing that a lot in Standard Popper too, because I'm gonna be missing that because Curse of the Bloody Tomb goes away. <laughs> so Blue Black Mill stops yeah. being a deck. Well, hopefully they give us a decent supplement in the new set, because Blue Black Mill was nice because it was the creatureless deck in the meta. Yeah. Yeah, and they they so far they haven't because Millstone is uncommon. So uh, we need a repeatable source of mill before mill is actually a deck. That's true. And that's what Curse of the Bloody Tomb serves. Hopefully don't, they don't have to go to... Popper. Well, there's always Doorkeeper, I guess, but he seems... He's be a clunky. Now, He's too so the, the way... Yeah. The way that Blue-Black Mill worked was because, you know, all of people's removal and unsummons and whatever were just dead yeah, cards. Because they didn't run any creatures, so... You know, if your opening hand is, like, three creatures, a Doom Blade, not a Doom Blade, Tragic Slip, and, like, two lands, then your Tragic Slip is dead in hand because I don't have anything you can target yeah. with your tragic slip and, and yeah and you also gotta keep in mind that doorkeeper's not even be that good because you're losing your, your your soulbound creature that makes him awesome you have Anic Alchemist if you're going for the, the unlimited yeah well like I said yeah you also lose the Elgod shield mate so he can't be hexproof anymore so many things disappear <laughs> yeah well, like you said, hopefully we get to see what we get for the rep here soon, because yeah. I want to get my fingers on that stuff, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to Theros, actually. I I, I think the set's going to have some interesting cards, just because of the mechanics. And the more I look at the mechanics, and after reading this article we have coming up, it made me really rethink the mechanics a lot to be, hey, maybe they're not that bad. Um, But uh, anything else, Peter? Have you played anything else other than video games? The standard popper and stuff like standard that. Standard popper. Uh, not a whole lot, I guess. Just some okay. darts every here and there, but that's about uh, it. Um, what have I been doing? Um, I we talked a few weeks ago about Sneak Attack Kid, his uh, mono black list. I had some time to mess around with that list and play with it, and I have to tell you guys that deck is so oppressive and it ticks so many players off. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Really, really good. I, today, in fact, I was at, when I was when I was donating plasma. I brought my laptop and I was sitting here playing playing uh, MTGO while I was donating. And uh, I had this player. I was taking on Dimmer Post, and I shut just completely shut him out both games. And he was not happy. 
at all. <laughs> because he he get yeah. me down in life, and he'd take out my auger of skulls, and I'd be right there with Unearth to bring it right back into into play. So it's like, what? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, it's a crazy list. It's really really oppressive. It's a lot of fun to play. If you're an MBC player, I recommend trying it out. <laughs> yeah, his list is really good, and I mean, for me, it's a toss-up because I played both his list and uh, the singer from Singer list, the Ghoul yeah. Razor list, and both of them, both of them are impressive, just in slightly different ways. I think uh, Sneak Attack Kid's list is overall yeah. better, like against a general against a general meta. But man, if you can get the the Ghoul Razor engine online with the singers, singer from Singer's deck, it almost yeah. can't lose. And I mean, it's that's like I, you know, just look at the list before I looked at before I got a chance to play. I'm like, God, this looks impressive. But re- playing it, it's like, wow, you really at from like turn, from turn three, you pretty much if your opponent hasn't done anything yet, you pretty much have control of the game. They're not going to be able to do much of anything. It's a complete downhill yeah. struggle for them because every time they bring something on board, you just get rid of something. I actually took goblins on, and that was a lot of fun. Because I'm just sitting here, I know what goblins does. They're going to play the Foundry Denizen. Then they're going to play something else to make them bigger. So I'm like, okay. They go to play their next goblin, and I'm like, guess verdict before they play the goblin. <laughs> and yeah. Just shutting it down. Just that and uh, the uh, Envencar's Justice. Pretty powerful. <laughs> Haven't you like always talked about having cards? Peter justice? does. Peter really likes that card. Oh, Peter! I'm a Did, sucker for it. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you steamroll? Did we have that popper or popper cube event where you pretty much steamrolled everybody with that card? Close to it. It's basically <laughs> hold them off until I got justice and just bought back at every turn, <laughs> and then had what was it like? Blood yeah, it takes seven mana though. Seven mana to buy it back. Well, if you get to cube and you can get to that point, there's nothing that survives long enough because you're playing the black deck. You can't remove for anything that's above two toughness. You're like, kill, 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 <laughs> justice, yeah, justice, justice. <laughs> I'm close to dying. Blood hunter back, back to justice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, but other than that, I I, I did download Soulforge. I've just played the tutorial. It looks pretty interesting. I'm kind of interested in playing that tonight, so I'm going to give that a shot. It's 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 an interesting take on. It's, it's a different game. It's 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 pretty cool. I haven't really I don't really understand exactly everything that's going on just yet. It's kind of confusing because the tutorial doesn't really do that good of a job. But I'll get there. <laughs> so it, it looks pretty cool though. I really want to get into it and try it out. So, and it's free on Steam, isn't it? Yeah, free on Steam and Apple. So, it's pretty cool. Um, other than that, other than playing EDH, that's all I've really been up to. Um, that and putting all the show notes together and freaking out, worrying that I'm going to make make myself sound like an idiot tonight. But I had nothing much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, topic one. We, uh... Brew of the month. We it is September. It's time to do a brew of the month. But uh, I think everyone here is pretty much in agreement that uh, until Theros comes out, it's really it's kind of kind of dead right now. I mean, we could do something, but I don't know. I, I really think we should wait till Theros comes out to see what Theros offers to before doing a brew of the month. Doesn't, yeah, because you're going to have a full rotation of uh, Innistrad block out, and yeah. uh, so exactly. the meta is going to be completely changed. And that's when Brew of the Months are really the most fun, is when the meta isn't yeah, established so you yet. Yeah, actually try breaking something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> breaking stuff, breaking games is fun. Um, which brings us into an article by Brennan. The article was so good when I read it today that. I want that I ended up making it topic one because it fit in with the fact that we're not doing a uh, uh, brew of the month. So this is an article by uh, Brennan. It's called Post Standard Popper Rotation Grief Council in Part One. Um, and if anyone's ever watched The Simpsons, where Homer Simpson goes through the stage, all five stages of grief, um, it does a shows a short video on that. And uh, he just tell you, basically what this article talks about how how 
how much the metagame will change in standard popper when when Innistrad rotates out. Um, he highlights two decks that are really going to be affected by it, but for one of them, he came up with an answer where he came he came to the conclusion that what's left of one of the other decks, he, actually, you can turn into something else. Um, it's 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 a pretty lengthy article, so I don't I'm I'm gonna kind of skim through it here. The big thing on this article is he listed all the cards that are unique in the format right now. The 133 the cards that generally cards, develop yeah. or that build the uh, all the archetypes in standard popper. Yeah, there's 133 yeah. of them, and that, that's a lot of cards. And and so some people may think that with 133 cards, you know, you, with the everything rotating out, it shouldn't affect that much. Well, if you look at the second list, there's only 71 cards left. So we lose about half. of what the metagame is. Yeah, you lose <laughs> half the metagame, which is... That's a lot of cards. <laughs> to really wreck, make make people have to rethink decks and have to brew something new. So, I found that interesting. Two of the decks that uh, that there he's that he highlights in here that are, com are completely messed up, or if not dead, um... Is Bug Flickergate DS Peter the deck Peter hates? <laughs> it's okay. I'll understand. I mean, reiterate. I don't hate the deck. It's efficient and does exactly what it does. But it is frustrating to play against because if you are against it, chances are the game will go to time. And the thing is, you can't bail out of it earlier than that because you just, there's a part where if they make one mistake at all during their plays, they could lose it. Yeah. So it's you sit down there for that entire match going, whatever, it comes down to basically what happens in there or who makes the first mistake. <laughs> so it's not that I hate the deck, I just, it's frustrating to play against, that's all. <laughs> okay. Um, basically, I was thinking uh, we'll go through, there's, only, there's we'll go through what the basic deck list is. Because in this article, he puts what the basic deck list is and he, point, he points out what's left. After after the rotation, what cards are actually going to be left to do, to use? Um, yep. And uh, I'll let Chris go through. The, I'll let Chris go through the deck list. Go for it. All right. So the basic bug flicker gate deck list is two forests, three islands, three swamps, four Golgari guild gates, four Demir guild gates, four Simic guild gates, two haunted Fengrafts for lands and creatures we have two ravenous rats four elvish visionaries one borderland ranger one mist raven four archaeomancer one bloodhunter bat four gatekeeper vines four ceruli gatekeepers four ubalsar gatekeepers Bleh. and then spells one prophetic prism one forbidden alchemy three victim of night one grave purge uh three murder four ghosts i don't think i've ever seen that card in this list before uh three murder four ghostly flicker and for sideboard, we have three naturalized, two beckon apparition, three dispel, three one-eyed scarecrow, one trestle troll, and one basilic creature, and two devour fleshes. You've never seen Grave Purge in the list before? Uh, not main board. Oh, well, I guess I it's it a problem up where people were playing mill. It got added. Yeah, I guess it got so. added after mill. <laughs> well, it's the one car that saves you against so. mill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't even do that great of a job against it. Anyway. So, the uh, terrible version of Flickergate, you lose the Haunted Fengrafts, um, oh, I guess, uh, I'm trying to make a comparison here on the fly, you lose Haunted Fengrafts, Ravenous Rats, Elvish Visionary, uh, Mist Raven, Borderland Ranger, <laughs> uh, Bloodhunter Bat, Blood um, the vast majority of your Flicker utility creatures, you lose everything, yeah, and then all, <laughs> And then you lose all your spells, basically. You get to keep your prism. Mostly ghostly flicker. <laughs> yeah. You do get to keep your prophetic prism, but you lose your ghostly flickers, and that's really the big one. You also lose like victim of night and uh, murder, but yeah, most importantly, you lose, you lose the ghostly flicker, so the spell doesn't or the deck doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. There, I I would love to see someone try to make this deck work, but I don't think it will. 
Well, there's no way to reuse Enter the Battlefield effects no. unless you want to unsummon your stuff repeatedly. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> but, and then the yeah. Mono Blue Flyers deck gets hit almost just as hard. Yeah. Uh, the Mono Blue Flyer deck loses all all of its creatures, Frost except for Frostburn Weird. And <laughs> so, yeah, Mono Blue Flyers is no longer a deck. But as you go further down, you mentioned Mono Blue Flyers. Uh, you go through it, uh, Brennan notes in here that we're getting certain cards that can completely change the Mono Blue Flyers into something else. Um, yep. We got... Uh, Omen Speaker, we brought, we talked about that, we pointed it out. The fact that it lets you scry too to look for better cards. Um, it's, I, I, I mean, Standard Popper, I think Omen Speaker will, will really, if you kept the core creatures that are already in here, like he states in the article, and just start playing around with, uh, like, the Omen Speaker and some of these scry cards, you actually have a brand new deck that, it, that will probably work. Quite well. Yep. Um, we got the Omen Speaker. We already discussed this one, but uh, the one colorless blue. When it enters the battlefield, you scry two, and it's a 1-3. I mean, it's, it's actually not bad, considering what you're, get, what you're putting into the deck. And then we got this one, the Nimbus Nyad. It's, an enchant it's, a, it's a creature with Bestow, the new ability. It's a two colorless, one blue. Uh, the Bestow is four colorless and a blue. And it has a 2-2 flyer with enchanted creature gets plus 2, plus 2, and has flying. Um, immediately when I see this card in the list, you notice if you're getting this Nimbus Nyad late game, um, it's really, really cool because you, you, we have all these, these you know, this O1, this Frostburn and Weird. They're really weak creatures, but giving it 2-2 two, two and paying the 5, it hits late game, paying the 5 and giving it plus 2, plus 2 actually is not that bad of a benefit and on top of that if the per, if the player goes ahead and destroys the creature so you can't enchant it you're still getting a 2-2 flyer so it's, yep. it's really not that bad you're, you're pretty much you're pretty much trading one creature for another if they destroy your creature so oh well you know you're still getting a creature that you can swing with next turn so it's actually not that bad um, he notes in the article that, granted, it isn't as good as a Stormbound Geist or a Stitch Drake. It's still a 2-2 flyer. And flying, and I've played it, if you've played enough standard popper, you know flying is enough to win. Just having flying and being evasive, so it's pretty good. And then he goes on yeah. down here to the Wave Crash Triton. And, uh, let's, oh, this, this guy, guy, it's a two colorless, one blue... Heroic, when you cast a spell that targets the Triton, to, you tap a target creature and opponent controls, and they can't untap during their next untap step. Well, he notes what this deck is. He goes uh, in here, he goes, it's a, basically a guy, the heroic, mechanic, the heroic mechanic works each time it's targeted by a spell you control. If, if only you had some spells to target it every turn. And... Given the metagame, there might be some coming. hidden strengths, is what he's mentioning. If you look yeah. at the yeah, if you look yeah. at the list, hidden strengths, yeah. man, that's wicked. Like I was thinking, like how am I ever going to cast all these spells that target my creatures repeatedly? Because you know I can't like use storm mechanics if you know classic popper to target him because storm doesn't work. But um, you know, look at hidden strengths. It's like wow, I finally found a use, an actual use for that card. Is it not all? Is it basically hidden strengths? Blue ghetto vigilance. It's giving blue ghetto vigilance while making him a frost titan while he does it. Yeah, and then yes. the second part still taps on another creature. So awesome! Yeah. So. <laughs> and you're sh yeah. pretty much shutting down your opponent's board, and you can pretty much walk through and kill your opponent really easily. And he is a three drop, and he's a one four, so that one four automatically makes him harder to kill. Yeah. Don't have so Frost Titan was my favorite Titan, so I'm really like digging this list, and I'm definitely gonna yeah. give it a try. And then we got Voyage's End. It's uh, one white, one blue. Return target creature to its owner's hand. Scry one. Um, basically, we Man. get a disperse with the Scry ability on it, which it's not the greatest thing, but being able to go one deeper. Well, hang blue. on there. Hang on there. It's not a disperse. It's a oh yeah, unsummon. it's my bad. Unsummon. But uh, yeah. being able to bounce a creature and go one deep, 
I mean, you're playing blue. Going one deep and finding if it's a good card or a bad card and being able to put it at the bottom of your library, not necessarily a bad thing. It's definitely going to have to compete with the Silent Departure slot for the blue decks, though. That's Because cool. even though it's sorcery, Silent Departure, you still get two uses out of it. Isn't Silent Departure going away? Silent Departure is going oh, away. Oh, never mind. That's right. Yeah. It's not competing. Whoopsie. It's gone. <laughs> now, actually, um... The question is whether you want the utility of Disperse to be able to, like, disperse yeah, enchantments, yeah. or whether you want the, the Scry 1 ability of Voyage's I, End and the Mono I Blue deck. I guess decks. I could see playing Voyage's End mainboard and putting Disperse in the sideboard. <clears throat> I guess. Well, you say that until you lose to uh, Hexproof yeah, Forest. Yeah, alright. I hate that deck so bad. <laughs> see, that's the deck for me. See, that's the deck for me. I don't like Flickergate. Flickergate is ridiculous. But that Aura's deck is the one deck that just, every time I lose to it, it just ticks me off. I yeah. told you, it's the one yeah, and deck the utility. that you're like, never again, never <laughs> again. And everyone wonders why. Man, I've totally... freaking sideboard enchantment hate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I totally forgot when you asked me what I was playing. I played a ton of M14 yeah. Limited, so... And Glade Cover Scout is back in full force, nice. folks. Don't forget about Green that. Auras, I was going to say, Junk Auras is still going to be around with those uh, standing um, That's Unfortunately. How many, how many, how many Hexproof guys do we have Primal now, Popper? I think Primal Hunt Beast came back in M14, didn't he? No, it, no, it did not. I, mean, I think it's at least Rubbleback, Rhino, and uh, Glade Cover Scout, or is at least two of them. Yeah. I can't think of anything other than those two. Yeah. So is Hexproof even going to be a Go. thing? Well, in the original uh, Hexproof one, it was just the Hunt Beast and the... Uh, Roblox Rhino were the only ones with Hexproof, but I guess you did have a Seraph of Dawn to throw stuff on, too, if you needed to. Well, you had the Seraph of Dawn, and you also, I thought you had Elgod Shield, Shield Mate occasionally, too, right? Well, yeah. they usually try no? to keep it to black, white, green. Yeah, I don't see them oh, slash okay. into a blue, but it didn't pan out well for them, usually, because if no. they did, they usually went for tricks of the trade. You're putting that mana too thin, too. You're already running three colors in that deck. Now you're, now you're spreading the mana out way too thin. Alright. Alright, well... Never mind me then. So yeah, we only have two hexproof guys, and yeah, yeah. I like I like the utility about this with disperse yeah. better in that situation. And then we've got lost in the in a labyrinth. Uh, one blue mana target creature gets negative three negative zero until end of turn. Basically, I, I guess I see this card as something where you're looking at from the standpoint of uh, you're probably screwed playing it to scry or save your butt. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a combat trick, and typically combat tricks don't really work in constructed um, unless they're really good combat tricks, yeah. like Blood Rush or Giant Growth. And like, eh, it's it's a yeah. combat trick. It's a limited. I think it's I think this is a limited card yeah. personally, but I could be wrong. And then we got his list. This is the list that he compiled for the new standard. Popper blue list, and why don't you read it, Peter? Sure. So if it's land based, you stick into its solid 20 islands. For the creatures, they're going 24, keeping true to the old mono blue aggro route, and going with four clubs and raptors, four frostborn weirds, four triton uh, wave crashers, four omen speakers, four nimbus nead, and four coastal sea dra or sea, ah, sea coast drake. Wow. I thought that was a completely different card at first. My bad. Into our spell slots, we have two claustrophobia. Two Hands of Binding, two Voyages End, three Negate, four Hidden Strings, and three Divination. And then the sideboard, he's got three Cancels, another Voyage Gen, two Mizium Skins, two Sensory Deprivations, which I actually think should be mainboarded, three Lost in the Labyrinth, and four Scatter Arc. Pretty decent list. Yeah, it, the, I remember before Theros came out, I remember seeing Cypher, and it's like, God, that. It seems too good to be true, but I mean, looking at the the wave crash, that wave crash, Titan or Triton, and seeing Cipher is it seems almost semi broken. It is absolutely ridiculous. That's, <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> wow, it's just insane. It's like I'm just gonna make sure you can never do anything again. <laughs> yeah. I would like to, I like, from this list, I would actually like to see an Essence Scatter yeah, or two agreed. in there. Yeah, just because... But... Yeah, solid. it's pretty solid. It's worth trying out when, when we can actually play the play the, yeah. play the list. Yeah. Worth revisiting. Yeah. The other main reason I think you see the Essence Scatter too is because early on in the metagame, 
aggro is going to dominate until someone can figure out what it takes to make the control deck. Yeah. So definitely the Essence Scatters are going to be a must of main board. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure Essence Scatters will come into this deck pretty fast after after people get a chance to mess around with it. I mean, it's obvious. It's a good card. Especially in, a, in, in the, with a metagame full of creatures, so... But that, this article, it, it's it's a lengthy article, it goes into a lot, but if you're into standard popper, and uh, you're kind of anticipating what, uh, trying to anticipate what's going to come on with the next next meta with the set, two set, M14 and Innistrad, or M13, sorry, and Innistrad leaving, I would recommend anyone to read this article, it's, it's pretty good. I really enjoyed the article a lot, and it kind of... Makes ma- makes me more excited for a standard popper post Theros than I was with it leaving. So, without with the all the sets rotating out, because um, it's just a lot of good cards that that are getting get kicked out of the meta, which is really going to force some new brews. Really looking forward to seeing what comes up with the new brews. So, guys, got anything yeah. more you want to say? Huh? Not right now, I don't. Okay. I'm good. Um, Alright, uh, that's... Alright, we got uh, a meta... Meta game. Uh, we do have some changes, so a little bit of uh, interesting decks show up in Classic Popper, actually. I don't know, right? <laughs> uh, uh, basically, what we have is we got Elves showing up as a... We got a Elves 4-0 deck. Elves came in 4-0. On uh, what what one is this? This is uh, nine five uh, September fifth. Oh, yeah, five nine three six six zero four. Um, it's you're pretty standard. Um, it's your pretty standard uh, elf list. Um, it yeah, it's pretty standard elf list. It is splashing for red for mob justice. As, it's, no, well, no, they're, they're making the mana. Crash, yeah, it's yeah, they're making the mana for rangers. Mob yeah. Um, it's it's your elves. I mean, everyone knows what elf does. I just I made mention of this because you're starting to see temporal fissure pitter off a little bit and everything. So I mean, it's kind of cool to see. It's because people are realizing that you, you say that, and the, you say that, and the two four O's below it oh, are yeah, temporal fissure. But it, it's just <laughs> nice seeing that people are trying to get other stuff to work and not just playing temporal fissure. You know, it's the, that's what I like yeah. seeing. So, what I like about this Elves list is it plays Magnify. Exactly. I completely forgot about that card. Yeah, every time I see these, some of, you know, I look at these uh, tournament, or these daily event postings, and I always see a card like, wow, that's awesome that that card exists, and Magnify is one of them, because uh, if you guys read David Schaefer's uh, article about building up, uh, building out instead of building up with combo goblins, uh-huh. uh you know, I've seen I've seen Elf list run Wirewood Pride before, which is plus X plus X to one creature, where where X is your elves. Uh, the amount of elves on the battlefield. Battlefield, but Magnify works pretty much the same way, except you're building it out. Your entire Elf crew gets plus one plus one. You know, and if you have thirty elves out on the board, then they can't just snap and yeah. you know snap your Wirewood Pride creature to save that's themselves. That's like dropping a freaking one turn Glorious Anthem for a single mana. Yeah, that's pretty good actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it is an instant too, so you can respond to an electricery uh, with magnify and you know blow them out because they didn't expect that you're going to magnify and the electricery was they're they're planning on saving themselves with electricery, but magnify counters yeah, that. So just imagine having having all having all that mana and doing a distant melody and drawing in. Say you're in game two and you sideboard in your other three magnifies and having that instant yeah. mana go off and distant melody and getting all your magnifies and really putting the hurt on. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing that's really cool about this is that uh, this deck isn't running spider silk armors, which usually the elf lists yeah, are. That. And they decided they decided I don't need spider silk armor from running magnify. Yeah. You just make your creatures huge. I mean who's gonna argue yeah. with thirty four force if you play it outright? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you win at that point. <laughs> or something close to it. Or something close to it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I got 30 L's, you're all 4-4, so, what of it? <laughs> says, so this is a pretty sweet list, and I do like the addition of Magnify yeah. to the list. A yeah, lot. It's, it's always old cards like that that people forget about, and it's like, oh, wow, that actually is a card. 
Yep. So, what else do we got here? This one is another interesting daily. It is, I like to call it just a variety of standard decks, or a variety of uh, classic popper decks getting 4-0. I mean, if we look at this list, our first one is a Delver Blue list. Our second list is an Affinity list. And then we have a... Is it post followed up by Goblins? Temporal Fissure. Uh, it's... <laughs> That's it. It's a Fisher yeah. post. The guy's just running. It's a boiler works. Yeah, uh, like an additional mana generator. Posts. We've got goblins. Goblins. And we've got auras. <laughs> it kind of was like this. This was just really cool to me because it's like this is like a shotgun effect. It's like, hey, hey, everybody, this is what po- this is what popper decks can do. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then also you've got below that another Fisher list, and then you've got a uh, Delver yeah, Fiend list. Delver Fiend. I mean, they're all there. So. <laughs> Pretty much everything's there except for like yeah. Stompy. And White Weenie, if that's still around at all. <laughs> uh, White Weenie hasn't yeah, been around in, you know, since the advent of Fissure. Awesome. Poor Weenie. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. This is kicking too very harder. <laughs> Pretty much. And then uh, we got in this metagame another classic. We have people run. We got some people running Croon Striker in Goblin decks. Uh. Basically, where is that? What, what list was it I found here? It had Kroon Striker in it. Right here. Uh, it's, uh, what's his name? Jill Softrees? Yeah, yeah, that name. I'm going to try to pronounce it. Um, he is running a whole bunch of goblins with four humans, the Kroon Striker. Um, I actually did have a chance to play against this list, and, uh,. I went to I went I went to one against it. I, I still won, but uh, I did lose one game because the Kroon Strikers came out with the Foundry Denizens and. Yeah, actually, this is Shuffle Waffle Five's is list. Okay. Yep. Two yeah, it's, it's a pretty menacing list, especially when you got the Denizen Denizens and the Kroon Strikers all out. At least two or three of them. I mean, I think the game I lost, I, I was facing, um, I, what was I facing? I was facing, uh, two Foundry Denizens and one Kroon Striker. And let me tell you, that was just horrible. I couldn't draw, I couldn't draw, a a, a, a Crypt Rat or a deal one, da- deal one damage to everything to save my life. And... I got pounded by him. It was really ridiculous. I mean, the, it's just kind of, yeah. I found this kind of interesting seeing four humans show up with a bunch of goblins. You know, it's just kind of, it's kind of different. Yeah. And the way this one works is like, uh, you're just, you're both building up and out here because you're building up by pumping the denizens and then, and the crew and strikers and <clears throat> you're building out by the stuff like war marshals yeah. and stuff, but you know, your denizens and your crew and strikers are getting big, and then you're also building a wider board yeah. to uh, to beat down with, so they have to an- have multiple answers for your yeah. dudes. Yeah, and that's so, what yeah. the Goblin deck does, though. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I hate Matt going against this deck, is because you, if you're playing Delver, you only have so many counter spells. <laughs> and they just keep playing. You can counter the important ones, but they just keep playing creatures. It's like, yep, I'm just keep playing creatures, it's fine. You know, yeah. so this oh, you get overwhelmed, and it's just it's, it's a really good list. Uh, it's a really good list as much as I don't like facing goblins and stuff like that. I used to be a goblins player, but I think when I really delved into the popper format, I kind of went elsewhere, want to try other stuff. So, um, yep. And then what do we got here? And standard popper, yes, PDC. We actually have some standard popper li- a standard popper tournament that had a little blue, but not a lot. Um, our your tier one was your mono blue flyers, and then we had uh, five colors. No, yeah, yeah. Five color proof enchantments coming in for some wins. And then uh, what do we got? Red deck wins, Peter. There you go. I love that deck. <laughs> yep, red deck wins. Peter's favorite. And Not then, my favorite, but it's it's just fun. It's yeah. straightforward and does what it needs to. And then Bug Flickergate. I do not mind seeing a Flickergate deck sitting on Tier 4. Or on Top 4. I don't mind seeing that at all. He lost to uh, Hexproof Enchantments. Yeah. 
That's kind of what happens. Global <laughs> Arsal Gatekeeper, read hexproof. He yeah. becomes an incredibly sad person very quickly. So, yeah, it's just, again, really cool seeing, uh, seeing like, I know for a few weeks when we, when we wanted to report on these tournaments, we really couldn't because it was all blue. I mean, just right yeah. down the board, nothing but blue. So, I mean, what do you talk about? <laughs> just blue, nothing special. It controls and ticks everybody off. Um, but yeah. Oh, and then we got, uh, what was it? Did we get to topic two yet? No, we're still talking about meta. My bad. Sorry. New to this, I'm kind of working my way through it. Topic two. This was something that, uh, Dominic Martz, he, I think he does some writing for MTGO Strat, I believe. He, uh, he has been messaged. He actually has a list that. Okay. He actually he sent this in, and uh, I thought I'd, I'll just read what Dominic wrote. He goes, "I spent some time delving into the standard popper this week, starting with Mono Red, which was awful, and Celestinier Agro, which was decent. Since I am a natural brewer, rejecting to play standard lists, I have quickly abandoned the major players and started started the brewery. So he's basically trying to start brewing his own decks." He came up with a token deck, and it's kind of just a, a mess of tokens. The whole list is a standard popper list, and this whole list is nothing but just... The only creatures in the deck are four Goblin Electromancers, and I'll just go over the list here, what he has. Um, we got 24 lands in this deck. It's uh, four Azorius Guildgates, four Boros Guildgates, four Izzet Guildgates, three Islands, three Plains, and six Mountains. It only runs four creatures. It runs four Goblin Electromancers. And for other spells, he's running Gather the Townsfolk, four of them, four Thatcher Revolts, four Captain's Calls, four Massive Raids, four Battle Hymns, four Dyna Charge, four Amass the Components, and four Cranko's Command. This deck is completely straightforward. It, it's just dropping tokens after tokens and aggroing out. With the help of uh, Massive Raid, which is uh, it deals damage to target creature or, or player, player to the number to the number of creatures you control. So basically, you're laying a bunch of tokens, swinging into attack, and ending with a Massive Raid to go from for for a whole bunch of damage. Or you have done a charge, which basically turns all of your guys into freaking spark elementals, and yeah, that adds up pretty dang quick. Yeah, it does. That Dino Charge is pretty ridiculous. Um, he also writes on this deck that, uh, barring the small size of matches he played, he only played six, he has yet to lose a game to anything else other than, other anything else than Mana Screw or Flood. He feels the deck is very powerful, and apart from Electricery and Multiple in the Gates, there's almost nothing that can beat an average draw. You might consider the deck when, yeah, when we talked about pop, Standard Popper again, so that's why I bring it up now. Um... It's, uh, yeah, I can see where you're just forcing, you're ba basically, what I see with this deck is, you're, like, taking on the control deck, and you're like, okay, let's see how many counter spells you have. <laughs> it's, as I say, to make the, or draw parallels, it's, does, uh, what it wants to, because we'll say the big bad, if you're looking for the big, slow, grindy bad guy, you have Flickergate, where you need to take him down, hopefully within the early turns of the game. Otherwise, you're going to give him a chance to stabilize and go to town. So what that does is, it produces so many bodies, swings in, and then again, blows them out of the water with either Dyna Charge, or you got them so low that even a Flicker is really a Gatekeeper, a Master Raid will do more than enough damage to finish him off, hopefully. Yeah. Against your Blue-Black Mill, you only have four creatures. The thing that keeps Blue-Black Mill alive is when it Crypt Incursions all of its your creatures away, and since it can't hit anything, it's just dead. And when they have two creatures per card they play, and you're still playing your one-for-one -one removal... You're not netting anything as the mill deck. And even as you're playing against one of the ag other aggro decks, they're outproducing creatures than you. And if they need to, a, a dino charge at the right time swings the entire board state in their favor. Yeah, pretty much. That and you're getting more mana with the battle hymns, so you're actually still counting your creatures for your mana, for your, uh, for mana too. So like you can have a bunch of creatures out and just pay two mana and gain more mana off the battle him so you can play more spells and get more creatures. So it's not bad. 
have to play with the list. That's like the one card that I don't like in the list is really? the Battle Him. <laughs> the main reason yeah. I say that the only reason it seems like it's in there is just so you can go cascade into more tokens. More tokens are set up for that um uh, massive raid finish. Yeah. For the Dino Charge finish. Yeah, to help get the mana because you're already spending mana to bring your tokens out and you need the mana to... The nice thing is, though, is that yeah. Alvin Electromancer turns most of these token cards into pay one mana, gain multiple bodies. Pretty much. I mean, Minus yeah. the Captain's Call and the uh, Thatcher Revolt, but yeah. still. Yeah, Thatcher Revolt and Captain's Call seem like might be a little bit more dodgy, but, like, you're gathered townsfolk. That's, yeah. I mean, most of these are just... One for two bodies. Yeah. It's not bad. And that's why the Mizium, I'm guessing that's why... His sideboard he had listed was four Mizium skins and eleven forests. It's basically because <laughs> you need the Mizzy skin so you don't get blown out of the water yeah. with the trickery. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's an interesting list, and it's something I actually kind of want to try out. Um, Better get I'd, on it quick, though. I'm probably, yeah, I know, I'm probably going to spend some time on that tonight. I might just put this together and try it out. Um, but yeah, pretty interesting deck. Uh want to thank Dominic for bringing that up and making it topic two on the show. Um, then we got uh, Heroes of the Web. Um, what is Heroes of the Web, Nate? What is Heroes of the Web? It's uh, where yeah. we uh, find articles, which are really, find find uh, stuff in the forums that people write that uh, take this game way too seriously and really want to take the game farther than it needs to go in some cases. But does it have to be Magic the Gathering it related? It doesn't have to be Magic the Gathering related, no, it doesn't. But it is always nice when But it, it really helps. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Helping you out here, Nate. I know. It's my first time, so it's great. Yeah, and where are your training? We're working okay. on it. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So this is the article. It's called Define Card Advantage. Um, so this article I found on Magic Salvation, or MTG Salvation, where we find a lot of articles... You usually don't need to go past the first page or so, and you'll find one of these things. Yeah, it doesn't take long. Um, so, okay, so this is what he writes. So I was talking to another player, and he was stressing how good Squadron Hawk is. He says it gives great card advantage, in parentheses. Now, I know that the more cards you have in hand, the more options and the more answers you have. However, if you're holding out, holding onto a bunch of Hawks, they don't do anything in terms of, in terms of answers. Or maybe I drew into a bunch of lands. If one was holding onto the counter spells, cantrips, burn spells, etc., then yeah, I can see how that's card advantage. Just because I'm holding more cards, regardless of quality, than your opponent is considered card advantage. Not so sure about what to what about that. What do you think? Um, I think my, this is the topic where almost every Magic player, because there is about what. 30 different types of card advantage. Mm -hmm. Last time I checked, you can discuss. And it still leaves people scratching their head. I know, I look at half and going, huh, I guess that's a thing. <laughs> but, but one of my one of the comments that I, I picked up on right away that I really thought was funny was up a deck called Cobbled. You'll see how good Hawks are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It is nice, though. Like He's the first one who does that, but most of these people do try to... Uh, Keep it as an educational, but a couple ones down, and then you see the first guy starts losing his damn mind over this stuff. Going, ah, every time. Let's just say, and this is why the whole discussion drives me. Well, this is the most convoluted explanation of card advantage that I've heard in 20 years of this game. Really, I need a freaking PhD just to follow what the hell you're trying to talk about. <laughs> you folks can sit and nitpick topic right into the graveyard, which is where all this crap will end up, anyways. <laughs> Which makes it more fitting. Unfriggin' believable. <laughs> and unfortunately, he ended up getting flagged for trolling. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, uh, people try to keep it real, but as the further you go on, it slowly starts to devolve, and people start bashing each other back and forth, going, yep. No, oh, that's not card advantage, that's tempo. That's not tempo. That's this or other whatnot, and tar card disadvantage, da 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 and it's wow. And then as we go further in, it gets a lot worse. <laughs> they bring up other decks. There's there's 15 yeah, there's like pages 15 of pages this. Yeah, 15 pages. And <laughs> no one locked it yet, as far as I see. It's still going. Oh, my God. <sighs> it's a... 
Yeah. Card advantage is like, it's really tricky for new players. You don't understand why, uh, why divination is good. Uh, because you're like, what, what? That doesn't, that's not very good. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a huge, like, level up when you figure out why, uh, spending three mana to have an additional card is a good yeah. deal. But it's uh, it was interesting. I, I picked this one just because I'm like, okay, we got 15 pages of this. Yeah, it's got to be interesting. That and as soon as they mention Cobblade, I'm like, yep, someone's gonna bring up Cobblade and complain about it. <laughs> That's back when I played Standard, and I hated. I I remember uh, my uh, I had a, my friend uh, Jeff Schultz. He ended up building a deck that the, its sole purpose was to destroy Cobblade. It, the deck had a horrible matchup against everything else in the in the in the in the meta, but Cobblade was, was not that, going to win, and he proved wasn't it. that a Koth Red story, the Koth of the Hammer Red yeah, decks? Play, yeah, I think he had, I think he ran some Koth of the Hammer, but he also ran the because uh, it was the equipment that he hated the most. He played that uh, piece of equipment that just one that creature deals damage, you destroy, destroy the Hammer of Ruin. Yeah, the Hammer of Ruin. He he. he he had four of those in the deck, and he would swing in with the base of creatures and just start wrecking swords. <laughs> yeah, I so say the the Koth deck was the one that I know was like the foil to Callblade. It was like you either play Callblade or you yeah. play the Koth deck. And it's just funny because like at the time, this is when uh, Jeff, my friend Jeff, was just getting into Standard, and he he was he was getting becoming a good player, but he wasn't good yet that good yet and he hated just hated had a burning hatred like I've never seen anyone hate Cobblade more than this guy like he just hated Cobblade and like he would literally show up at FNM every week and he didn't care what placing he would end up in as long as every Cobblade deck that he faced would get 2 would it's the only thing he cared about he did not care where he ended up he's like as long as Cobblade ends up on the bottom I don't care <laughs> <laughs> it was his ultimate goal was just to shut Cobblade down completely. So what you're saying was you had your friend was like that yes, big he troll. Was. But yeah, you have to learn <laughs> somehow, right? <laughs> Apparently. But he turned into a, a relatively good player when he moved out to Wisconsin. He uh, started winning some big tournaments, and as far as I know, he's still winning big tournaments and doing pretty good. So, yeah. you get there. <laughs> Um, Eventually, uh, we have for th- we do have thoughts and comments this week. We have to do some comments. We have uh, Greystone wrote, uh, "He's sad to see Chris one O go, but he's sure that Chris two O will just be will be just as funny, and and he hopes that. And he thanks uh, thanked us for the thanked for the awesome shout out in the show, and he says it really makes a big difference to know that old hats like yourselves approach of the competent proof. What proof? Approve, approve of the content, of the content I produce. Nate, would you like me and Chris to do the reading <laughs> no. for you? Or do no. you need to put your reading glasses on again? No, I'm not that old. <laughs> he says, thanks. <laughs> I think, I, I think says, I'm older than you. And good luck to Chris Chris 1-0, and he looks forward to listening to the new podcast. Um, and then we have uh, Jay Bussinger. He wrote the art. He, he's the one that uh, asked us about the paper model black rats deck. He thanked us for, he says, thank you for the help. I really appreciate that you guys put it, put in the time to help me out. I hope you guys put out a new Popper to the People t-shirt. I would buy one to rock a rock over here in Korea, in Korea when, I go, when I go play. Once again, keep up the good work. So That's it, Nate. You're banned from reading. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Consensus. <laughs> you do it, Um Well, there's nothing left to read now. Well, I didn't get much sleep today, so I'm kind of actually tired. So. Here, I'll, I'll type something else for you to read, no. though, Nate, so you can redeem yourselves. No, you're not. <laughs> but, uh, uh, in reply to Greystone, I'm not as funny as Chris 1.0, but <laughs> I try. But, uh, yeah, if you guys have a chance, I feel uh, like video games, I'd check out uh, Chris's, Chris and Matt's uh, podcast. It's pretty good. Have they put up the first episode already? Yeah, they have two episodes out now. Oh shit! I'm behind in the times. Yeah, it's the, it's the, their episode's pretty good. I I really enjoy listening to it. Um, it's it's nice hearing Matt. Honest to God, truth. I started out as a listener to the show, and uh, I really what really drew me in was the the how Matt and Chris were together. I mean, they 
they've been friends for a long time. It was, it was just kind of awesome hearing both of them talk. And it just the conversation in general, what they're talking about. And it's, I, I'm just, that's one of the things why I'm glad that uh, he's doing that game podcast because I can, I kind of get a little bit of, I can get that, that nostalgia back from when it was just Chris and Matt. So I guess that's just the way I look at it. I just, I just like have, having a podcast with them back together again. Um, and like I said, like Chris said, he's not falling, he's not disappearing from this show either. We'll have he's coming on once a month, and he's still the boss. So <laughs> we still answer to him. We still answer to him. Oh, um, hey, Chris or uh, Nate. My bad. That's an old habit to get out of. What? If you want to get a hold of us, how do they do that? Uh, you can reach us on Twitter. What's your Twitter, Twitter Chris? I am Twitter at cweaver eight five one eight. And Peter still doesn't have Twitter. Um, until he's a millionaire, so he can uh, watch the facial expressions of people reading what he tweets. Speaking and of Twitter, have, you guys, uh, mine is uh, at Nathan Youngkin. You can contact me there as well. Speaking yeah. of Twitter, I forgot there was a topic I wanted to cover, guys. Popper eight mans. We need to uh, get those back. Eight man tournaments. A lot of people can't play in the popper yeah. daily events because they're four hours, big dedicated block. So we need Popper Eight Man's back. I have uh, tweeted on my Twitter account at uh, MTG Worth and uh, Magic Online. You know, whose leg do I got to hump to get <laughs> Popper Eight Man's back? So if you guys could retweet that and uh, share it with your friends, favorite it, do whatever you do with Twitter. I'm not really sure. I just I just type stuff just in Twitter retweet. sometimes it works. Spam. Do whatever you need yeah, to. Yeah. Retwe- retweet. Spam it. We need. Uh, we want Popper Eight Man's have back. You- Every other f- f- constructed format has eight mans. Have you thought about talking to uh, the people over at Gathering? I'm sure they'd probably be able to hook you up. They'd probably do it. Uh, yeah, no. So I mean, we we have yet to do that yet. By the way, we Chris's departure kind of kind of put that whole popper to the people online tournament thing off in the back burner. Um, I make mention of that too. We'll get back to that. I do wanna actually do a tournament for our community, at least one or two of them. We got a classic and a standard. But uh, as of right now, um, we have to really... We're kind of restructuring Popper to the People right now, in a way. We're in so, that silly little transition phase. Yeah, we're, so, yeah, we're in a transition phase. So if, just please have patience with us. We'll get there. Um, a lot of different stuff going on now. But uh, we'll eventually get back up to speed with everything and once we get that back up to speed, I would really like to still go through with the tournament. And uh, now that Chris isn't on the Chris isn't on the show as much, I'm pretty sure he'll be playing in that tournament too. So, but yeah. So, um, what else? We'll see. Uh, we're all on MTGO, right? Strat. MTGO Strat. Yes. Oh, on MTGO. MTGO Strat, you can find us as well as MTG Cast. And uh, you can find Chris on MTGO. What's your username? C. Weaver. I'm in Yukon, and you're. What are you, Peter? Midnight zero three. Midnight zero three. Um, uh, always you can always catch us at uh, Popper to the People at Gmail dot com. And basically, I don't have anything more to say. You want to do a shout out there, Chris? Uh. What? Oh, that was the. the that was the beginning. I <laughs> already got it. <laughs> so I guess uh, that's a show. Here. That's a show, guys. Uh-huh. All right.